Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our podcast today. This is Pat Sherlock. Today's topic is such an important one, things to know before becoming a manager. And I'm super excited to have our expert today, Pat Casey. I've known Pat for many, many years. Pat is an excellent manager, has been a veteran of mortgage banking. Uh, He's been with SunTrust. More recently, he's head of sales and marketing for Fulton Mortgage Company. He was with Guaranteed Rate. So he has done everything in mortgage banking. So hello, Pat. Pat, good to talk to you today. Well, I guess we'll have to get the Pat Sherlock and the Pat Casey part down. <laughs> Very true. Well, let's talk about... You should about... call you Patricia. <laughs> yeah, only my mother did that. So um, so let's get into, over your career, you know, as a manager, how did you really get started into managing? Uh, what would you say was kind of your jumping point? That's a good, great question, Pat. Uh, probably like every other loan officer who's an originator out there, I think they made me the manager because I was the worst producer in the branch. Um, that, it didn't hurt production as much, and that's really what happened. The manager left and left uh, three loan officers kind of hanging, and we tried to find a manager to replace them and couldn't do it. And then I guess the company, after a month, got desperate, and they just made me the manager. Um, and, and my only caveat, because I was only eight months in the business at the time, came from the real estate business, I uh, was really a, just a sharp negotiator, and I said, "Well, I'll do it as long as I can keep doing my own production." But the pay, the production pay for the manager was significantly less than the regular loan officers. You know, it was kind of funny at the time. Yeah, but, it's a know. it's a story that many people have, and so it sounds like yours was the same. When you think about it, when you first started, and after all these years of managing, what was really kind of the best advice that you ever really heard on the managing topic? Yeah, I think it's more just things that I've learned over time and and seeking out people like you, to be quite frank. You've been one of my personal uh, mentors in the business, and and your sage advice over the years has really helped me grow as a manager. I think as soon as I got in that role, I came from being an entrepreneur in the real estate business, you know, sold the company and got in the mortgage business, but really wasn't prepared the challenges of management and, and the people skills and Many of the top producers, I think they see that because they can't understand why people aren't operating at their level. And everybody has different goals and aspirations and strengths and weaknesses, and you start to learn that over time. Um, But if you can do that in advance, um, and there are ways to do that, I probably – what I would do to prepare before becoming a sales manager is be a better listener. I thought that was a great thing. We've both been producing sales managers in the business, very successful, be more – intentional in your relationships. But yeah, you want me to just kind of blip through them? Unless you have a bunch of questions, I can kind of give you my 10 bullets and you can comment or whatever if that's helpful. Well, I think it would be helpful for people that haven't managed because obviously in your your experience, which is similar to so many people in mortgage banking, you are talking about you are typically our producer and then you're now made a manager. And so when you look back, um, over the years, um, what is the things that, if you knew before, you mentioned a couple yeah. of them, listening and being intentional. Yeah. What are some other things that you would want to share with the people listening today? That's great. Yeah, I, I think in a, I think it's it's a, you know what you can do before, what you can do to prepare to be a manager. If you're thinking about doing that, if you want to grow your mortgage ranking career in that in that direction. And, and there are people out there, is prepare for it. You can do things in advance, and uh, these are some of the things. 
one of the things that I recently did is I took a top revenue uh, producer for us, a top producer, somebody did over 100 million last year. Um, you know, to be quite frank, Brian Morley, very successful regional manager, made him a regional manager, which I on paper would look, that's the stupidest thing in the world. But what he did initially before he moved in that role is he test drove the role, right? Test drive it, test drive it. He mentored two brand new rookies for a year and really learned what it took to bring them along and develop and, and learned his management and leadership skills along with juggling a very high production level. Mm-hmm. And he also went through the Future Leaders Program at MBA. We put him through the Future Leaders Program, which he met a, a peers from all over the country. Fantastic program. Tremendous commitment to do that, you know, from a time standpoint. We're a little fortunate that we're outside of D.C., so to go to the Gettysburg Leadership Institute, which he did, you know, is not like a lot of travel. You know, if you're on the West Coast, that might be a little tougher, but... I guess uh, I'll bounce around on my 10 things. Um, you know, we, we seek out um, ways to learn, get, learn and build on your leadership skills, which everybody says that, you know, great salesmen are born and great managers are born. Absolutely not the case. You know, right. you both learn. And I remember reading one of your books, which I'll, uh, a long time ago, where you interviewed the top 100 originators mm-hmm. in the country and the number one country, uh, number one producers at 100 companies. One of the common themes between all of them is they were, they were in music, which is very competitive, like to be the first, uh, you know, tuba or something like that. So it's pretty interesting. But reaching the top of your game, I think, and developing that. So seek out other opportunities that don't, they may not come with your current manager to help you develop that. They may even be bad examples of what I wouldn't do. But I, I did, you know, saw that Dale Carnegie. I took their sales course, but also their management course. Get involved your local trade associations, uh, the MBA. Uh, local MBA, the Realtor Builder Associations, community organizations, you know, people are involved in Rotary and things. It'll not only help you build your business and relationships, but it'll help you develop opportunities for leadership, particularly on things you're you're passionate about. So I think that's really something you can do along with, you know, just being on top of your, your game. The other thing is I think you need to develop your own personal, I call it BOD, board of directors. You know, you're, you know I mentioned you. I've been very fortunate to, over time, uh, very fortunate to be in, you know, get to know people like Todd Duncan, Barry Habib, Dave Savage, but I sought him out. I mean, I drove across the country, or not drove, flew, flew across the country to meet with Dave Savage on the origination side back when he was originated in Newport Beach to learn better practices and things like that. So, and other leaders, just to compare notes of how would you build your business and who were successful. I sought them out and took them for coffee and lunch and, you know, and you get an opposite things from, uh, People like Mike Twig versus Gene Lugat, you know, hiring experienced people or hiring rookies, you know, and, and learning how they built their businesses. So um, seek out your own personal board of directors to help you uh, learn beyond your current management team. A great way to do that. Make yourself valuable to an organization before you get into the leadership thing. And like I said, the test drive, I think, is the best thing to do. Take on a, 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 a an LO assistant or to train or a rookie or something that you have to train them from ground zero. And it might start with an assistant to help you build your current practice, but then learn what it takes to, 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 to rec- I call it the four things, recruit, train, motivate, retain. And then, it, by, and by, oh, by the way, produce at the same time. 
Yeah, it's a lot for sure. So when you look at it, I guess, Pat, in the big picture, um, uh, these were things that you did on your own initiative. This wasn't something that the company, in other words, sponsored. You knew that you wanted to be in management and therefore and a better manager. So these were things that you really initiated yourself. And I would say that's pretty common within the industry. Is that right? Yeah, fortunately, I want to give credit to the people there. So uh, the initial entree was by default, and mm-hmm. I was very worried about even accepting that role. Only eight months in the origination side, I didn't have a fundamental thing, but it was kind of a defensive measure because right. the previous company we were with went bankrupt. <laughs> okay. We a new company, and then the manager left eight months in. So it was kind of like self-survival. Either that I was going back in the real estate business, you know, kind of thing. So it was kind of just take control of my own destiny and at least control the outcome right. and learn some hard knocks. And we managed, by the way, my manager perspective is as producing managers, and that's what I've managed most of my career. Um, other than area managers that didn't produce. And then I also managed operations, you know, for that time until the meltdown occurred. And we had to, of course, bifurcate all that to meet the regulatory situation. So I really had a kind of multiple hats, you know, running the production sales team, but also balancing operations. Uh, I think that that skill set is helpful in, in building those partnerships in today's world. Um, so that was, you know, different dynamics for each of them, you know. Kind right. Of thing. Well, when you look at it, again, uh, it's the common track where a producer becomes a manager, but certainly in the analytics that my company has performed, uh, certainly what you see is that just because you're a producer uh, does not make you a good manager uh, for the simple reason that it is different skill sets and the reality of it is managing for true top performers can be very frustrating job and so therefore it's kind of an indication that that that's probably something they're not suited and reality of it is um, just to take it because you get an override is really a bad strategy because one of the studies that we did and I'm sure you've seen this yourself um, top producers don't understand why somebody uh, isn't just like them. And so it, it, what that causes is certainly this issue of uh, frustration. Any comments on that? Yeah, great. Well, you, I've kind of got 10 bullets in a row that kind of flows, but yeah, bullet number four uh, was impose, I'll call it impose your system. Mm-hmm. Impose mm-hmm. sounds a little negative, but really at the end of the day, it took me nine years to figure this out as a branch manager where I actually created the setup committee where I got tired of I was a pretty good fireman at the end, troubleshooting deals at the end. But I finally one day said, "I'm this is this is crazy. We need to manage it up front." So we just got the whole team together, including again, I had operations reporting to me along with sales, and we just got a group together and we developed a, a process to bring loans in in a quality way. And I basically imposed my very successful origination system that I developed from my own personal workflow mm-hmm. on the on the branch. But I included them in, so they owned it. You know, they collaborated, and to be honest with you, they got so good at, at updating changes because, as you know, the industry changes. Sure. So that's real. My advice to managers, and gave it to Brian: Hey, you got a real successful system. And the best part about it is, you bring people into the loop on it. You impose your system. This is works. We're all going to adjust it. But your, I want your input. I value your input. They enhance it. They will make it better. They will make you better. I found I'd review files for structure and strategy and. And after a while, it's kind of like the audit with the IRS. They <laughs> realized you weren't looking at all the transactions. And then they actually started requesting the review because they got value out of it. 
And then I would learn changes where they would do something and I would say, what did you do here? Oh, well, if you take it at 80%, the LLPA is less. And, you know, I would learn more myself. So the team, and when the team would, literally we'd have stand-up meetings every every morning for 15 minutes where we literally, uh, a processor would read a section of the Fannie Mae Guide and talk about it. And uh, it would blow people's mind how expert they were in that area because they boned up on it and uh, the team effort. So impose your system. Impose your system on the branch. Get their buy-in. Have their input. But if you've got a successful origination system, that's one of your one of the values the producing manager brings to the table. They bring a lot of baggage to the table, as you well know, and maybe some drawbacks, but those are one of the values that they can bring and it can maybe help offset some other things until they do what we're talking about today. They get uh, the skill set they learn. And as long as they're invested in getting better in leadership, uh, I use Brian Roy as an example, he's invested personally in a coach on his own. Mm-hmm. The good managers that are the one to get there, they will invest in themselves in addition to, hopefully, I was also fortunate that I, you know, at, at Crestar and then SunTrust, Mark Smith was president of the NBA. He was CMB, and he was very supportive of helping uh, fund, you know, going to school in mortgage banking and the CMB process and things like that. So very supportive of that. We had, I think at the time, more CMBs at our company than anywhere in the country. So that's back to the culture we have at Fulton, you know, in coaching for feedback, our Fulton experience, changing lives for the better, our leadership all the way through, particularly Jeff Shuren, our CEO and president of mortgage company, live it. And uh, that's really helpful, very supportive of that, like future leaders and things like that. You, know, you have a company that's supportive for that. But if not, you know, you know, you, you invest in it yourself and, uh, you know, get that kind of information. I went to school mortgage banking course one after 16 years in the business, Pat, and I, I read all the trade journals, thought I was in mm-hmm. top of my game. I got at that class and went 115 people from all around the country from all different disciplines and realized I had just scratched the surface of the business, that warehouse lending itself was a business unto itself. So right. it was an epiphany for me, one of the best things I ever did. And really, the only reason I did it, it was offered in College Park, uh, mm-hmm. Maryland, which was about, you know, 30 minutes from my house. And I, you know, was able to mm-hmm. keep working and go to the class at the same time, if that makes any sense. Right. But this is luck involved. (laughs) Sure. Well, that counts. Uh, But this issue of every top producer is not really suited to be a manager. And I think within mortgage banking, I don't know that managing is valued as much as producing. So therefore, we encourage people to move to that. But I also think it can be an epiphany if you recognize that it's just really not for you. I mean, that's what it does come down to. And And I think when the system is set up where, in other words, that's the next position for them if they are producers to kind of hire other people and now manage them. Um, they are really left on their own, which kind of encourages this issue of, well, anyone can manage, but that's not really true. Any thoughts on that? What, what, you, what, what have you seen? Just give me a little bit more of what you've seen from others that you've seen. Well, yeah, I mean, when we uh, did, uh, in other words, besides doing research on originators, we also did research on managers. And I cannot tell you how many managers who were basically producing managers would talk about how frustrated they were and really ultimately didn't get any reward from 
an emotional reward for managing other people. They just found it frustrating. And I think the first step is to recognize what are you really good at and what do you really want to do? And just because the next step seems to be, well, I now I'm going to manage people. It's not that easy to be a manager, as you well know, because <laughs> you meet all kinds yeah. of people. <laughs> and Yeah, like I said, I, I keep coming back to this, maybe a, a circular comments, but just, uh, you know, you know, test drive it to kind of the, I guess the talk you out of it speech, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I talk about, uh, you know, you know, kill your bad hires early, um, which we don't do, you know, approach avoidance. I'm, I've made that mistake many times, um, you know, where you get somebody in those first, you know, obviously, you know, part of you've developed a lot of assessments and things like that that I think are helpful, you know, certainly the, the, the making the good hire. So it's really comes down to, you got to hire for attrition. You know the recruiting piece is you've got to really be doing that as a contact sport. 365 days to get get a better broad uh, choice of talent. And some some people tend to do it in recruiting where they just you know they take whatever bus comes along to get on it, and, and that's just running out a good way in the industry. So it's it's really hiring attitude and aptitude. Um, one of the mother's vices three different times in three different places and to be quite frank three different people for cultural fit where they meet other people on your team and if that extends the hiring process um, you know what's their business plan you know the big thing is are they are they a cultural fit I think that's just really you know part of the um, you know the vetting and the hiring process and people are going to really be like mind philosophies are going to adopt your systems and say here's our process and if it's a fit then you you know, you bring them on and people that can really enhance your team. That just, I've been doing it for, you know, over, over 30 years and, and, uh, I still don't have any answers. You know, you wish you could cut their chest open and look inside and see what's there. But, uh, I was reading an article, I think I told you the other day, we talked from Warren Buffett and he looks to hire for intelligence, uh, energy, and really a real key, uh, trumps all of these is integrity. And, uh, you know, uh, you try to find that out, and some of those questions are just, you know, hey, if you, if you tell me about a situation where you saw somebody do something unethical or, you know, fraudulent or whatever, and how did you how did you handle the situation, things like that, give them some opportunity to see how they do that, and, and certainly then the reference checks and, you know, common links on LinkedIn, quiet industry references if there's somebody that's an existing originator, and then rookies is just a is always a challenge because even if you have best selections, they could get in and be very successful, but just not like the business because they they don't have a, a personal lifestyle matchup with work life balance on it. Sure. And the exit, even though they were very successful, they mm-hmm. didn't build a mortgage banking practice, if you will, um, there. Yeah. So we only have a few minutes left today. Shoot, the shoot. time the time has flown, and I guess my last yep. question Thanks. before we uh, we wrap it up is, um, in in your opinion, kind of what is the secret sauce to being a good manager, and what do people miss? Yeah, I mean, I, I reiterating that thing about being a being a, a better listener, be very religious about scheduling one on ones with your people. Um, in, in, in their top five, make sure you're listening to them, you know, in the busy day, um, you know, again, continuing to, 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 you know, uh, seek opportunities to build your skills, to be better. They see you doing that again. The other thing I said is reaching the top of your game. You talked about 
but also, uh, you know, kind of the old uh, Wayne Gretzky quote, you know, skate to where the puck is going right. to be versus where it is today. I think that helps you're innovative and you can lead people to where it is to help them grow their mortgage banking practice. Um, and again, the culture, you create a culture of, of, of inclusion, transparency, collaboration, and you got to live it. You got to walk the walk and talk the talk. And you got to live it on how you run your personal business as a producer manager, but also how you interact with your operations team, everybody else. And as you know, I think I heard a quote, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast every day. And we, I think we do that at, at Fulton Mortgage Company today. And that's why we're able to attract the people that want to build a long-term mortgage banking practice. They're not just in it for the money or what's my basis points or whatever. They sure. want to get paid. They want to get paid. They want to be rewarded for their effort. Don't, don't that can't diminish that. But it's all about lifelong relationships with your referral sources, your customers. And you make friends of the people you do business with and you do business with friends. I mean, right. it's, it's fun. And, it, and when I hear a, a, a lawyer say that they hate realtors, my immediate gut reaction, I don't usually challenge them on an interview, but I always kind of go, God, that's terrible. If you wake up feeling that way every day, maybe you should think about getting out of the mortgage banking business in general. Right. You know, and, and right. You've got to have a different you know, view of that. And, you know, we're in the real estate business. We're just providing the lubricants. So I think just more and more of that, again, all the things we've talked about, uh, you just got to be better and you really want to be a leader. And I do get a kick out of help. I, as a producer, I, help, I love helping getting people in homes. I felt like certain transactions, uh, you were able to make it happen because of your knowledge and your skill set, you mm-hmm. got them in a home that maybe they would have gotten in. Same thing I get out of it over the years, I still derive a thrill of helping somebody grow their mortgage banking practice and their career and their life, even if it's just a simple five-minute advice. And then to be quite frank, the big value I get is in developing people that are willing to challenge me personally, even say, hey, Pat, you're out of line on that. You know, that's not good. And they feel like they got that. I might be take it pretty hard for 30 seconds, but you're absolutely right. That was not mm-hmm. the right approach. I need to get better on this today. Right. I don't know everything. That's arrogance, and that will take you down. You've got to constantly be a lifelong learner. And man, how do I get better and make a mistake? I'm making mistakes every day. I probably made a couple on this call. <laughs> I'm trying to get at least a couple mistakes in everything I do, right? So yeah. I learn from, right? Well, well I think you, you shared a lot of great information today that is practical, which is the whole point of these podcasts. And so I want to thank you for sharing it. And certainly your wisdom is really right on target. So thanks, Pat. And I want to thank everybody for listening today.